Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, Roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to the three-year anniversary show for AEW Dynamite. Card looks fantastic on paper. My, if I'm going to be a pedantic dickhead, and you know me, I am. My only, uh, you know, I talk about the trifecta a lot, right? Angles, promos, matches on an episode of Episodic TV. If you can nail. All of them once, I'll take some mid because that is, to me, episodic pro wrestling TV. That's why I watch and invest in it every single week. I feel like this week is a deliberate contrast to last week, which is very angle-heavy. Terrible, terrible show, in my opinion. I would prefer a format where the two things met in the middle and were actually good compared to <laughs> last week, but as a sort of an action-heavy card, this looks fantastic. I'll be happier far happier about the long-term direction of the company if I still found them capable of hitting the three points on the trifecta. I feel like there's only one that they're truly killing it at at the minute. Um, But yeah, you can't really complain about this. But by the same token, because it's all about emotional investment, I can't really do cartwheels despite how good the match quality is going to be. Me and Hamlet were talking about this earlier. It's Look, there's a storyline that I'm really interested in. It's a match that I think is a mini-program on TV. MGF and Wheeler has been really, really fabulously done. But uh, there's nothing on this show where I'm absolutely jazzed about seeing it, and it's not too dissimilar to the peak of NXT on Wednesday nights when it was on TV, where I thought, you know, I don't really, truly care about the storylines at the minute, but the action should be great. Mm. Seven matches and a... Some sort of segment involving National Scissoring Day. Mm. I'm alright thinking this is like the slightly extended dynamite. Fifteen more minutes they're getting, um, which should be enough. Like the 
we've had cards nearly as big as this over the standard two hours, and they've found a way to fit it in, even if things run incredibly close to the wire sometimes. So I don't see timing being an issue tonight, assuming that there's nothing else to be added. And mm. I don't think there is. Like no. This does look full enough. Uh, I, I don't disagree with the NXT take either. I think... Um, Oddly enough, there's sort of in, in considering this is the anniversary show, there is something of a comparison to be made to episode one of Dynamite because a lot of those matches, or a lot of things that took place in that show, you were left to sort of infer a build, or there might be odd little bit of thing like niggle here and there on the internet, whatever it was that they could use pre any television whatsoever. Cody versus Sammy springs to mind as something that they probably just built with a couple of uh, being the elite promos or whatever. Um, and there's a little bit of an air about that tonight. Like Darby Allen and Jay Lethal doesn't like we argued that it wouldn't need to exist as anything other than a fixture, but only exists because of an invented beef in a, a video package last week. The women's match, whilst having all the potential to be decent on paper, <laughs> is kind of nightmarish for reasons we'll get into when we talk about it like individually. So yeah, it's like I would like this card to over deliver because despite the quality, the perspective quality of some of the matches, my expectations are actually very measured for how it plays out as a show. MJF opening the show, Sige. Yeah, he tweeted to that effect. He said he was the first match at All In. Um, the first he was on the first dynamite on the first dynamite, and he's going to be having the first match of the three year anniversary. Before we talk about that, what do you think main events this show? If it's not that, then it must be the tag team match. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Garcia and Danielson uh, versus Jericho and Guevara. Did Garcia officially change sides last week? This is a bit I'm slightly confused about. It was all kind of lost in in, in the segment for me. This is what is making me apprehensive about this match. Look, it's a main event on dynamite despite certain values having faded over time, like the prestige and the really elusive quality of an actual title as an accomplishment, that's kind of gone by the wayside. The clean finishes have gone by the wayside. Various other things just don't feel like they have the same gravity as they once did. I don't think, or at least I shudder to think, that they are going to do the same thing with a proper TV main event and do an angle or, worse yet, a swerve out of it. But I think... I fear that they're going to do some bollocks with this. Look, everything I know about the patterns and the rhythms of the best AEW storylines, and I don't think Jericho Garcia is quite there, but they're certainly trying to make it so, is that Jericho Garcia is going to be a big marquee match at full gear. But I've seen suspicions that they might do some kind of angle. Hamlet's got his own ideas of what that might be, so I'll pass over to him imminently. Um, my concern about whether they're going to do some kind of swerve where Garcia is not turning on them just yet is how sudden and anticlimactic and plain weird the opening segment um, felt last week. Um, I would be a lot more trusting about this match and, in fact, a lot more interested in it had Chris Jericho, the most arrogant man alive, great character, and it blends with reality. This is a man who refers to himself in the third person, IRL, should he have not kicked the ever-loving crap out of mm. Garcia for daring to turn on Chris Jericho's stable? I'm the best mentor that could possibly be, you ungrateful punk. I'll beat you up and I'll bloody you and all the rest of it. But instead, they kind of politely, or the implication that it was polite, and more peacefully, just went up the stage to make way for the match that was happening next. Is that just terrible, terrible storytelling that was completely unfaithful to the characters, to the idea of turning your back on someone in wrestling? Um, or was it a ruse to set up some kind of chicanery in this main event? The bad booking of an angle, funnily enough, it's kind of ruined my trust and investment in the main event. Look, this should be great. 
the actual quality should be very good. Um, Sammy Guevara and Danielson, depending on how violent Danielson gets, and it should be very, could be extremely cathartic, mm. like incredibly <laughs> cathartic. Um, I do worry about the melodrama of Garcia going up against Jericho. And look, I like Mac Jackson, but sometimes he can be very Matt Jackson, so much so that you can shorthand refer to Matt Jackson <laughs> as the um, conflicted melodrama guy. He doesn't really want to hurt his friends. I'm worried that they'll play with that with Garcia too much with Jericho. Look, ultimately, I've just got worries about this otherwise spectacular professional wrestling match, which maybe says something about my cynical POV at the minute, or in fact, it might say something about AEW's quality. It's interesting, yeah, because on paper, like you say, Danielson and, and Guevara could be absolute magic, and, and, and the story that they've developed with Jericho and Garcia is intriguing. I just kind of got a bit lost in terms of what they were tr- attempting to, to pull off, as you said, Sige, on last week's show. I also suppose it makes sense that we have to be slightly concerned that Guevara's got to make it through backstage before he gets to this match. Oh, aye. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, a bullet point in itself and maybe even a podcast in itself on another day. But, mm. the yeah, the, like, if this was a straight-up tag match between, like, at this point, well-defined characters and Garcia was into his babyface turn and or a member of the BCC or whatever, you're looking at a pretty great match just on its own terms. Again, the story of this card, really. But, yeah, the, the angle being so unfinished last week feels still feels like it was a mistake and i guess this could be just generous and i said it on the review last night what if it wasn't what if it wasn't a mistake and what if we so like brian danielson was a bit promo trainee and he interrupted garcia midway through the big moment where he was going to have this real well we assume Mm -hmm. he was going to have this big realization where he was going to bloody put chris jericho in his place and then brian comes out now that's then left for us to assume that was going to happen only for the turn to possibly occur there are a couple of uh examples like Fairly famous ones that people can use. The one that I think, like, I th- I'm sure I've seen this online because I kind of just thought of this myself. I don't think I have, so I'm not taking credit for this, but it's the 4 Brawl 1995 one where Ric Flair begs for Sting's help because he's fallen out with Arn Anderson and he wants no part of this new four horsemen. It's Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman and Flair's like, these aren't my guys anymore. Like, come on, Sting, we go all the way back. Like, and I need you tonight. I need you, need you, need you. Ric Flair is supposedly beating up backstage. So Sting's taking this beating in a two on Ric Flair. T- tape rib, still got his, like, it's like school trousers on. He's coming down. I'm ready to make the save. Gets in the tag. Immediately does an awesome strut and just turns on Sting. So and it's piss funny because it's Ric Flair, right? But it's a great angle to steal. It really is. And there's been... A, I love the one. I love the physical motion of somebody dropping off the apron when they duck out on a tag. Like one of mine from being a kid is Sid and Hogan. And yeah. like, uh, hey, Baldo! As he's walking out on beefcakes. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, I'm Sid, you can go fuck yourself. Like, but there's like... Like, that's always a really cool motion. Yeah. And then the baby face looks through the ropes, going... I don't know why, and then turns and you know faces a doom. So it's a fun angle. It's a good angle to do. And you've got Garcia saying, like next week coming out and say, I was being patronized. You thought you knew, like you were my favorite wrestler, Brian Danielson, because he's been hitting that line loads. And then you come out and you cut me off, like you know, you sort of if Chris Jericho's bad, you're ten times worse. And this is still the guy that say, you know, paid me that money when I had that accident, blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. you, you delay it a little bit longer. Because I don't think Garcia and Jericho's fully cooked. So that building that singles match now, it doesn't feel like quite the right time. But then there is six weeks to pay me or four weeks to pay me, whatever it is. So, you know, they could get there. I would quite like them, I think, to do the... Um, it's a bit WWE, but I wouldn't have a problem with the Garcia has been beaten down before the match thing and have Brian have to work it alone. And then Garcia runs out when you either get the turn or you get Garcia getting this enormous babyface hot tag in the 
thing that that would feel like it would at least tie up kind of what Sidgwick was asking for last week, like Garcia coming out all taped up, and then we get the decision or the swerve one way or the other. Mm. The fact that we are not analysing or previewing this match as earnestly as we should be is a lesson here for AEW. Do WWE things give your audience WWE brain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fact that they didn't touch last week, I feel like it's a massive and egregious plot hole that makes it feel fake because it was poorly thought out. And I, honestly, the worst thing is I hope that's the case. I kind of <laughs> hope that's the case. Uh, the bucket hat isn't gone, of course. Daddy Magic, I saw on Twitter, was wearing it, so they could always do that <laughs> as the final coronation almost. Uh, One man's trash is another treasure. Uh, who have you got then, Jericho and Guevara? Yes, either, like, regardless of, I think, Jericho and Guevara. I think Guevara can take a fall. Okay. I think Guevara can take a fall. Um, otherwise, you have a situation where Garcia's really got, obviously, the years and years of Danielson being an absolute genius are probably enough, even if they lose the match. But if you put them together for the first time, you really want them to win. Mm-hmm. And Guevara can take a fall. Look, if I know anything about AEW, then... Andre, Andrade Alilo is going to walk unchecked into the building and kick the f***ing <laughs> shit out of Sammy Guevara because Tony Khan was dumb enough to put them in the same room together and not re- not separate them or talk with them beforehand. That's <laughs> spinning back elbow off Guevara's head. Like, what? Now I can use it. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You could put, honestly, you could put everything you know about AEW in a, a book. You know what? I think I could. And you know what's funny is that before it all went a little bit haywire, I did. <laughs> what? I wrote 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about uh, the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling entitled Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, which is available to purchase on Amazon wherever you live. It's such a luxury document in that it like tracks obviously the real life, but then all of the most amazing feuds of like the first two years of AEW. Um, now you just need to do one of the shoot ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, just as many words on all the shoot fights. <laughs> um, now let's talk about MJF returning to the ring fight. Sorry, just to do another plug. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? It's like they were very tight-lipped. I didn't think I was going to get anything out of anyone. And it wasn't really a big tell-all story anyway. And that's not how I write. I'm not a salacious mm-hmm. writer or anything like that. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to earnestly and objectively deconstruct a creative that's ultimately the biggest thing about AEW. It's a creatively saved North American mainstream wrestling. So that was the advantage I took. And I was just reading it. Uh, so when I was writing it and drafting it, I'm thinking, I think this is the way to do it. And then I was convinced, why? Well, there's no other way to do it because it seems quite harmonious from the outside. And even if it isn't, no one literally is saying a word. Mm-hmm. That was this time last year. Yeah. <laughs> and look where we are now. Like, you could write a tell-all. It's crazy. You need um I'm not advocating for a hardcore holly. I'm definitely not advocating for a wrestler's court. But he needs like an uh, a corporate enforcer, Tony Khan, doesn't he? Like somebody that can wear the hat of being an executive or one of the people he's got round as one of his talent relation guys. A hatchet man, kind of an ass kicking hatchet man. Like somebody to just be the baddie and not tolerate this. I, I like I know there's um we've talked about Jr. before the competitive Shark Tank attitude. Everything works. There is proof that wrestling has benefited from this in the past, but. No, this is benefit, and they all come across like annoying, some of them irritating losers, just absolute dweeb losers. I think like the way I would have done it is, and I think Chris Jericho was quite a try to do this. He set the mm. locker room, and this is all secondhand. Was don't mess this up. Yeah. I've lived through the monopoly. I've had all ideas that were great uh, rejected. I've had to just force everything vaguely good through. 
You don't know how good you've got it. Mm. Take it from me. Don't take this for granted or mess it up. The opportunity we all have here is tremendous. He's trying to like do an impassioned plea yeah. of switch on. This is great, or at least it could still be. And then they're all just being bitches again. Do you think, and genuine question, it's going to sound like I'm just having a dig at Jericho here, because in that same speech, do you think him saying, oh yeah, and by the way, stop uh, leaking stuff to the sheets. Do you think that was the point he lost the whole room? It's like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jericho was said to have flipped his scarf yeah. over his shoulder as, as everyone if- stood up in rapturous applause <laughs> at the zinger <laughs> he had just thrown MVP's way. The music played as he left, probably be, <laughs> probably because from 100 feet he flicked a coin into a jukebox. Reports there. That's right. He punched the jukebox and it switched off on his way out. Point made. Uh, right, let's talk about uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman returning to the wrestling ring against that coward Wheeler Uter, of course, who uh, put his hands on Maxwell. All because he called Tony Schiavone a fat old prick. <laughs> and also knocked him out, knocked an old man over as well. And, uh, well, they, they got into it over the last couple of weeks. Um, I can't wait for this. I said it last week, so I'm just going to say it again. Uh, I'll get to the point. John Moxley should DDT MB, uh, MJF through a glass table tonight. It's a nice sort of anniversary moment on a show that doesn't look like it's loaded with obvious callbacks to the first night or whatever. And they have put it in the branding. Um, and we've seen MJF like living in the skyboxes since he's won the chip. So there's fun to be had there. It's Blackpool Combat Club stuff, but MJF has to win the match. This is all building to the John Moxley match, which so here's the thing, like could be very subjective this. I'm still not sure I want this as a straight run world title match. What are we doing with the chip if MJF is booking himself against John Moxley with say like four weeks' notice? That's the worst possible way to use this thing. I mean he broke up a fight last week between Moxley and Paige. Hey, wait, wait, don't hurt yourselves. Like, I kind of need to know what they're doing with the title and with Moxley and with MJF. So I feel like we'll get some sort of direction with that tonight. He beats Wheelie Utah, but I don't know. I'd like, I'm, I'm not, I like, I like this as a mini program way more than I like what it's theoretically feeding into. And I'd mm. like a bit more clarity on that. Two weeks till the uh, Paige Moxley match. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 This match will be absolutely tremendous. They've got previously on the Indies. Uh, those matches are fantastic. We know that MGF um, can really go, despite mm. the fact that his character doesn't literally, per his uh, contractual obligation. I expect this to be similar, but distinct, because the, the opponents are very different uh, to the Derby match, where they really, really wrestle partic- like tremendously well early. MGF starts to slowly realize mid-match, this guy's <laughs> probably got my number. It's going to have to be an absolute cock to beat him. Um, but no, I expect this to be liquid professional wrestling. And ultimately, this is the most I've been excited about something on Dynamite for God knows how long. Yeah. Other than the return of Kenny Omega, which I was actually frightened about, so it doesn't really work. Uh, maybe the Omega Osprey interactions when he knew, oh, he was just selling. But he sold so well that I just, oh, Kenny Omega does things to me. <laughs> and he's going to come back. Um, ironically, now that I can really watch him. He's not allowed. So that's good. Thank you, <laughs> Philip. Thank you, Philip, for that. You <laughs> um, the thing about this, I expect it to be liquid professional wrestling. I expect it to be very, very good indeed. I hope that there's no firm I was gonna ask you about interference. That, yeah. I want... He has been calling Willie a cheater online all week, hasn't he? So yeah. He knows S- how... Something's happening. Something's like, happening. Yeah. He knows he foreshadows and he drops Easter eggs and all the rest of it. I want him to cheat very well and very intelligently as opposed to... And, you know, it's 
I should be letting this stuff play out, but you can't when some of the finishes have been so risible of late. Um, but no, I want to cheat very, very well, like a proper actual heel, not just a booker trying to save Wheeler Yuta's ass through the context of a finish. Um, but what I'm most looking forward to is, it's not just MGS first match in ages. This feels like an event. Yeah. Mm. It feels like an event. It feels like a massive deal is doing something of substance, which I haven't felt like in AEW for the longest time. Despite the quality being very good a lot of weeks, this feels like an event. This feels different. This is when AEW hits different. And MJF has got himself in a position where he's got, like, the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar schedule as a 26-year-old. <laughs> it's so great. What a smart guy. And he's so good that I expect this will be worth the wait. He has to win, though, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think if not, really? the, if not the firm, the Dynamite Diamond Ring or something leaves Wheelie completely incapacitated, unfairly so. And not take over to win? Well, I was going to bully choke, a bulldog choke. Oh, like, uh, I like, like that. Willie, it just like completely passed out in it, like, like asleep like in hate, it. <laughs> hating that he's taking it as well, yeah. but then like knowing that he has to. Mm-hmm. I like that as a touch. Uh, we've also got a title match, Sige. The TNT Championship will be on the line. Wardlow against, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> you shot to a dynamite with Brian Cage. <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, pleasant surprise. Big, big lads fighting, but I, I wasn't expecting this. I was not expecting this. I will absolutely welcome it. Um, I wonder, this is kind of perfect, you know. Tony Carney's still got it in him. <laughs> that Tony Carney, that Tony Carney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes you might think he's gone away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's oh, a deep what cut. A, what a deep cut. That I like that. Good. I appreciate that. that one. You think he's gone away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But ultimately, this is really clever. The only person in a room of full of people that actually enjoyed that when it happened. <laughs> I remember watching people going, what an arsehole. And me going, oh. Oh, my God. He's a bigger rock star than ever now. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was this like AM era where he's yes. just like, yeah, totally yeah. made it for the second time. Yeah. Great. Double critical claim, but a bunch of like Oasis fanboys just wanting them to do the first album over yeah, and over again. Yeah. He's like, check this out. The dark fruit fans, as we call yeah. them. <laughs> so... This is kind of perfect, provided that the AEW fans still remember. And I worry about the actual complexion of the modern AEW audience. I know it's a tried, hacky, submelter way. I'm not saying he's hacky, but, you know, this is a take he's had. I don't want to be seen to be parroting it. But there is a kind of a WWE shift where it's like, right, the attendances are down. Um, the youthful demo isn't what it is. But there's older fellas watching it on telly in better numbers than they were, it, like, periods when the company was way better. So there's a WWE-ification of this audience. So I do worry that the old really tuned-in collective is kind of gone. Because if that wasn't the case, this is, should be inspired because Brian Cage is like kind of like persona non grata. Like, you dickhead. You're one of the first to say, oh, this AEW thing's rubbish and I'm not getting yeah. booked. And, you know, Tony Khan, he's not doing anything with my career. That used to be sacrilege. Mm. Like, not too long ago as well. That kind of sentiment, like he's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a pariah. A pariah. Ah, like you it. cannot, you just cannot do that to my AEW. <laughs> so I worry that enough time has elapsed where it's like, oh, Brian Cage, remember him? Not like, oh, he's an arsehole. He's the one burying this. Um, but if that was still in place, having that particular guy against a homegrown like Wardlow, who's still really popular in this incredibly fun match where big, stupid men. Not that Waldo's stupid, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big, dumb, fun match with two monster guys who do things. They have no athletic right or physical right to be doing. A nice 10 minutes of Jesus Christ. 
Take me back to 2017, even though it's kind of played out that he's massive. And he can bloody do that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those where it's like, I don't want to see that all the time because the more you see that style of match, it gets like really boring. I'm kind of up for it because I can't remember the last time I saw it. I was weirdly relieved when I saw the graphic for this because last week I was like, "What? where's Wardlow? What are they doing? And then I remembered the Grand Slam week uh, that he looked like he may have got slightly injured in yeah. the, the Ward-Joe match. And I saw this graphic and went, oh, he must be fine then because there's no way you put him in there against Brian Cage because he's presumably going to have to powerbomb him if he's not 100%. Sorry, one more thing before I forget. This answers the question and a complaint. Wardlow is in a TNT title match. It's a bit predictable, but like it's one of those where it's like, Oh, I'll absolutely take this nine, nine times out of 100. And I've been asking for it. They've given it, so I might shut up. That's, I agree. Can't wait for the match. Um, similar to the point about MJF, actually. They've, like, it's... It, saying they've not done enough with Wardlow is a bit like, well, there's like 400 guys at the moment and you could argue they're not doing enough with anybody. You could Maybe short of like two guys, maybe like a John Moxley or something. It's like they're not doing enough with anybody, pretty much. Um, but Wardlow feels most egregious because they've done such a lot of work to get him to that certain point that then it feels almost wasteful. Like, it's not quite on a par with, like... like it, I'm not making this comparison because, like, Hangman Page had, like, 90 minutes with Brian Danielson. But there was definitely a feeling, like, he's not got a lot of presence. They've gone all the way with it, put the belt on him. But, like, an interview second, is that it, you know, yeah. as a world champion? Wardlow has almost felt more egregious than that because strapping him up, like, was, like, seen as the moment of salvation, wasn't it? It's like, oh, he was this close to losing him, and then he put the belt on him. Are you, are you doing it again? Are you this close to losing him again? So the second time almost feels worse. This will be a load of fun, and I think it'll be a good night for Wardlow, a big night. But I am still concerned a little bit with um, what used to be so much fun about these previews was you look at the match, you enjoy it for what it is, and then you look at what else is going on in the characters' lives, and you imagine how all that will figure in. And you got both. You really did get both week after week after week. And I saw this match graphic drop, and I think it was like a top reply on Twitter at the time. So something like, oh, it makes perfect sense, this, because like when Wardlow beats Cage, Cage can move into something with Samoa Joe. I was like, hang on a second. So you're having Cage lose in order to get a title shot against Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor title. But that's not that wild because of Wardlow. So this could be a Ring of Honor funneling thing at the same time. Not remotely asked about Joe versus Cage for the TV title, but Cage having a tag partner and that being them two versus Wardlow that's at least something. Mm. Like you could see them at least logically arriving at that, and then Cage and whoever winning the tag match that gets Cage back in contention. So it's it, it's not just I know what you're saying. What are you doing here? But it's not entirely out of nowhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's a way to kind of fold this into all this that's going on. Look, whether you like it or not, Ring of Honor is continue is like is going to continue to be folded in. We've kind of talked about the Ring of Honor World Champion without even mentioning that he's champion in the form of Chris Jericho. It's going to exist. So if nothing else, they can mm. probably like figure out a way to make something more of this afterwards as well. I don't know why when you said a partner for Brian Cage, and I was like, Woodlow, Samojo, Brian Cage, uh, powerhouse Hobbs. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure the ring could contain them. <laughs> I have a fantasy booking spot. Go on. Brian Cage, arms around that stomach of Wardlow's positions for a German suplex, tries to execute it, Wardlow, Backflips. Oh. <laughs> Brian Cage celebrates, thinking he's just in a nice release job. Wardlow pops the tits. <laughs> Makes them titties pop and dance. Cage turns around. Lariat. Then the old uh, straps move with a thumb. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'd love to see that. They could do the face-to-face -face bit when they come in the middle, and then they could both do like competitive... 
tit dancing thing at the same time. Cage can definitely do that, can't he? He's got that trick. Tit off. Yeah, a tit off. He bloody he, if he can't do that, yeah. he's useless. <laughs> <laughs> what worth is that body? All what muscle, what you use is that? What are we doing here? What are we doing here if you can't make those tits <laughs> dance? That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Dance and tits. A stare off right. Really just moved. Like, yeah, like packs down. Up and down like. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, right, we've got Hangman Page versus Roosh as well to look forward to on this show. Hangman Page, as I mentioned, two weeks away from a world title match. Yes, absolutely. Um, look, I know for a fact that Hangman Page is going to win. I was even more convinced of this when I saw the result of the Roosh versus John Silver match on Rampage, wherein Andrade El Idolo um, interfered on Roosh's behalf. Don't I, I get that feuds are happening mm. when I see um, a babyface squad, a babyface and his associated acts on one corner of the ring, and a heel and his associated acts on the other. I'm thinking, well, oh, they're in a feud. <laughs> I'm fairly certain, and I know that in the traditional sort of hacky pro wrestling in North America and everywhere where you've got to do these sorts of things, but be more diligent about who you screw out of which match. Otherwise, it's just interference, blur, mess. No one feels like they're on the ascendancy. No one feels like they've won. No one feels like, oh, if they're winning in the main event under those circumstances, one million percent clean, boom, that's a sign I must invest. There is a way to take it too far, like Drew McIntyre crying about how much going home to me so oh, fuck you man you just lost <laughs> but at the same time like, just oh Sally can wait <laughs> she knows it's too late cause I'm getting chopped out <laughs> <laughs> that old fashioned rock and roll I loved the bit where they were like do sweet Caroline and he suddenly realised oh, I don't know the beginning Caroline. of this song no. let's go straight to the chorus <laughs> okay if you not got anything by the pretenders <laughs> <laughs> Orange juice. I'm not taking the piss out of orange juice. One of the best parts of all time. But when it comes to Drew McIntyre's career, you can rip it up and start again. Yay! 
Oh yeah, hang on, page of Right, really, really, really hurt each other. There's going to be some sounds. I'm looking forward to hearing this match as much as I am watching it because they are going to throw some forearms and some chops that are going to sound like watermelon on concrete and I'm going to be physically repulsed and a little bit scared of how hard they're hitting each other and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Mm. Hangman Page is like the most undermentioned stiff guy. Roosh is like the most fashionable stiff guy and if you could describe it in a tweet, it's going to be MGFs. Go on, you effing morons. Murder each other. Yeah. That's it. That's right, you effing morons. Murder each other. It's very on vogue being a bit stiff as well, isn't it? Why? Hit hard, hit hard you know. If someone hits you hard, you hit them back hard. That's the, Why is... That's the, word, that's the word I'm hearing on the street. So. That's uh, what Seamus does it. It's, it's, it makes it more popular. <laughs> well, uh, When's the... Is that Friday, the uh, mask versus... Yeah. Tip tonight is Rampage live in it this week. Yes, yeah. it's live. That's some that's something, I suppose, at least. At least the result's not gonna be out there. So. I, yeah. I had a horrible panic about that for a split yeah. second. It's, we're in um, we're in rush season now, SZN, because he's hashtag all elite. So he's like typically he'd be on the beach. He's got his deal. So like, like yeah. there's a bit of a legacy here. Oh, where, yes. like so like Rush, you know when uh, Jake Hager got jacked? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Rush has got that in his locker. So we'll be in, like I think tonight is a, as good a test as any. It's like you're facing one of the top guys, a hard hitter. Like, can you be asked to go? Because you've uh, you got your deal. So that's what I'll be watching for. Hangman Page to win. Yeah, it feels like Hangman Page obviously has to win. And do you think there's gonna be dark order stuff going on here to build to Friday? Ah, uh, one of them um like Brawls. I wish I could remember how you you articulated this one, Sage, but it's just like a series of movements around the ring where you're not not a single punch is registering. Yeah, they're all just like blurs of pairing off. Like, and it's like, oh yeah, warring factions. Like you feel nothing for it. Uh, Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal uh, on the uh... solid match. Speaking of feeling nothing for it, yeah, I. So I don't I don't want to be a hypocrite because this should have been a fixture, right? In a in an AW of old wrestlers trying to work up the rankings and trying to like bounce back from a previous defeat or whatever it is is a reason to fight and then they apply this stupid beef were we supposed to infer last week that this could be is this supposed to be the start of a Jay Lethal babyface turn or is Jay Lethal a stinking liar and he's going to bring out the guys to interfere after all to set up yet another I don't know Sting and Miro trios match of Sting plus one trios match Sting so versus Satnam Singh would be awesome oh mate yeah alright so I'm on the hook yeah let's do it um <laughs> Uh, this should be pretty great, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm trying to summon more emotion than that, but uh, Darby Allen often wrestles matches, not out of oblivion, but out of the sludge a little bit. And we've said this before, like, Jay Lethal does have it in him to drag audiences along, and Darby Allen, it's a shit, it's a massive indictment. I don't like Darby Allen that much, but it's a huge indictment that AEW have lost arenas on Darby Allen. Because he was the guy for a period mm. of time. You know, like we're coming up on Halloween and he would have been like the guy that the kids were all dressing as and stuff like that. And it felt like a character connected to a demographic that wrestling doesn't chase and all that sort of stuff. They're not there with him now, but a match of this quality. I haven't is... turned their back on him. No, it's, no, a, bit, it's, it's I, a bit subdued. It's a bit I subdued. don't mean that. Yeah, it's that. It's more the fact that people just don't seem to be as passionately invested. Remember that like early Dynamite where he made that surprise comeback in the main event angle? Like to save the day. Yeah, that Jesus, yeah. It's Steve Austin against like in the Rock and McFoley. That scale of a pop, you know, you're just not getting out of a, a, anything Darby Allen does at the moment. And at half time, it's not like he's not working for it. So I do expect this to be quite good, but it does 
I mean, it screams second match on the card. You've had the hot MJF opener. You know, you. It just feels like it's going to exist there. Maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe the, the angle will go down well. And I certainly want Sting and Satnam Singh now. But eh. yeah, I'm not tremendously excited about this. But given Jay Lethal's best work and how absolutely scintillating Darby Allen is at professional wrestling. This could be genuinely capital I incredible. Like this could be yeah. an absolutely unbelievable pro wrestling match if the crowd are really with them. Now worry, um, the Washington guys, the Washington crowd last time wasn't particularly like white hot. Is this that one you were talking about tonight? It's, a, it's back in Washington, but the venue's smaller. Is that yes, for the anniversary? And they, the same place? they ran it earlier this year, I believe. It was for Sting and Darby Allen versus the Acclaimed. There was a nice enough crowd. Um, shout out to Kyle. Um, but it wasn't the, like, hot, oh, my God, we are watching the launch of the rebooted WCW in effect. Only even better, maybe, that it was on the premiere. Um, so there's a lot of wrestling to watch. Hopefully the idea that they don't have to, at this point, sit through Rampage, at least that night, will make them think, unless he books Ten elevation matches. <laughs> but makes me think, right, okay, this is what I came for. This is the ultimate dynamite experience. Loads of great matches. Come on, get up for it. Mm. But maybe if they're not up for it, that says a lot about the booking. Who do you think wins? Darby Allen. Darby Allen. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with Luchasaurus? Because we said this every time it's we talk about on this. on Christian Cage. On Jungle Boy, mate. Well, yeah, it, it, but like... Right, it's the, Jungle it's the Boy anniversary show. And as we know, it's 25 years since Kane debuted at Hell in a Cell. So it's an anniversary match. He's in action, Christian Cage in his corner, but Christian Cage is not going to be back for, what, eight months? Something like that? It's too long, however long it is. Six, something like that now. It's about seven now. So they're just going to... They, I mean, presumably that we kind of know that they're heading towards full gear, one would assume, to, between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I like this. Like, it's very, very simple, but sometimes I need that. The idea being that both the heel and the babyface, ahead of the show the main pay-per-view showdown, are each winning matches, each quietly building their credibility, cutting promos on one another, or Christian Cage can cut it on his behalf. Don't necessarily need an angle here. What was the last thing that happened? Jungle Boy got his ass kicked at Grand Slam. So he might come out for revenge, swinging a chair or something. So he'll probably get an angle alert after a glorified squash that exists as pretext to an angle. Yes, I'm tremendously worth getting excited about this. I think, um, yeah. It's, just, it's the stuff they need to do on certain weeks. Yeah. People forget, like, in every single feud, whether it's white hot or otherwise, even, dare I say it, MGF versus CM Punk, which was perfection, so thoughtful, such a masterpiece. There were certain weeks where it's like, where you're clearly waiting for the next beat of the story, but you need to get them on telly. But maybe this every chapter of this program feels a little bit like that without being a massive spark to it. Yeah, I don't... I think I'd, I'd quite like it if they were gimmicking Christian's recovery time, and he was going to come back sooner than Outwork we all realised. Everyone, yeah, That'd be and great. that's like so. It turns out it was a month, and he's ready for him sooner rather than later. And it, if nothing else, as a shoot, it means that we can get this out, yes. the match out quicker. But um, something away, something tonight, like um, like Christian doing like old school Memphis heel stuff. Like there's some absolute loser in the ring who's bald, for example. Luchasaurus makes his entrance, but then Christian's got like a blonde perm wig in his like pocket and he makes the job of wear it and Luchasaurus is battering this kid that looks like Jungle Boy Austin. Like make a squash like The fun. most ridiculous wig you've ever yeah. seen in your entire life. Like the Tarzan like onesie outfit thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something preposterous. Like, it's, it's Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. Get him. Get him. Well this is what I was thinking for the for the post-match maybe to set this up as a bit of revenge for Jungle Boy. So Luchasaurus squashes some jobber or whatever 
And then rather than just doing the old gimmick of like Jungle Boy's music plays, uh, heel manager and heel wrestler look up the ramp and then Jungle Boy slips in behind just like Luchasaurus did to him. Mm. What if instead Jungle Boy's music plays, but you only see an outline of Jungle Boy and you're like, is Jungle Boy like smaller or further away? And it's just an outline like Marco Stunt. He's just got him back in for the night. And then Jungle Boy can sleep a bit, sneak in the back door and attack Luchasaurus. Thoughts? Yeah, well, they could use Griff Garrison as a decoy. Griff Garrison, yes, yeah. Griff Garrison. He's, to be yeah. fair, he's not doing much else. Nope. <laughs> I love the Garrison as Jungle Boy bit. Yeah. It's best BTE skit of all yeah. time. Um, him as a decoy would be good. So it's like Jungle Boy being a bit funny and a bit smart. Mm. Because at the minute, I am starting to think that tough guy Jungle Boy, who doesn't really take that crap no more, is uh, a little bit. Eh, Bit boring. <laughs> That's gonna happen when you get played by a dinosaur. I know. I, know. <laughs> like the, I, I like Jungle Boy. He's not banter. No, he's, he's not, not banter. He's not tremendously entertaining. Um, but Christian Cage is banter. You'd think that would rub off on him at some point. Griff Garrison is a decoy. That could be great. Mm. Uh, right, we have a six-woman match: Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale. Uh, versus Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford. What a way to kick off this revolution, Hamlet. I mean, it's the only way to kick off a revolution that you've called a revolution, is that what absolutely horrendous optics to what should otherwise be a great match. I I was so confident, and we some weeks get a bit of grief for being critical of Dynamite, right? I knew for a fact not a single person, and they didn't, would pick up on our problems with the women's revolution segment, and it was everywhere. Criticism for this segment was unanimous. I didn't see any praise for any of it. Um... And obviously, lots of people made the comparisons to the... Sorry if you can hear drilling <sighs> behind our voices yet again. It's not Will Bourne's button from the NXT podcast. I'm being well-behaved. Yeah. Um, yeah, the like segment that played out like the WWE one, featuring Stephanie McMahon in Soraya, who was in the ring for the real one, and now they're following it up with a six-woman match, a trio. That, like, they're doing the exact thing that WWE did with those women at the time. Yeah, run through the units... Please again. It's uh, JSP uh, versus. Uh, Shut up, man! Give us the names of the what? women. That's what they said. Willow, Willow, Athena, and Tony. Like what? some awesome wrestlers in this match. Some awesome combinations. Yeah. Some potential for some quality spots. And I've said this a few times now. If nothing else, the women's match cheat code for getting some noise in those buildings to make up for their good booking has been putting more out there. Like loads and loads. Like the, the tag matches have been spot fests. They've not really been well-thought-out tag matches. It's just go in there and get your shit in, and there's six of them to do it here. So I fully expect this to actually be pretty good and get a bit of noise and validate anybody, like anybody's worries, and say, see, what are you all online complaining about? I see the podcasters were complaining about the segment last week when uh, it turns out women's wrestling fixed. Yeah. Because the match is going to probably be really good. It's what we said last week. The whole segment was dreadful, and then the match, Tony Storm versus Serena D, was great. Yeah. Yeah. Really I get enough of this out of Triple H, to be honest. I don't, need, <laughs> don't even, I don't need any of this in my AEW. What's the the the, the heel team again? Uh, Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford, and they're taking on Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale. Such a cool heel team, that isn't it's it? It's a cool heel team, and at least they've drawn together Deeb and Baker's lot. But where's Penelope Ford fit in, other than being a baddie? It's just so... Now the bodies are with Jay Cargill. Yeah. It's so women's revolutionary. They didn't come out when they called out the women's... Who were nowhere near this segment than Jay Cargill. Four or five women. Bring out the women's division. Five women walk out. Where is Trina? (laughs) Honestly, the idea that Paige is going to be an on-screen authority figure fills me with the worst kind of dread. Can she go? Just tell me, can she go? I need to know. The thing is, I would happily have the anxiety of whether she could go or not, right? 
Um, this is the wrong way to do it. Oh, she might be an authority figure. Well, don't actually make her one in the meantime. <laughs> that still means your TV is really fake and contrived. Um, you can play with my emotions in a different way. That gives me literally the worst emotion possible. Dread. Mm. Is dread the worst emotion? It's up there. It's not worse than bloody dread, is it? Dread's there? awful. Like that Sunday, fi- the heartbeat music or the Antiques Roadshow music on uh, Sunday. Dread. Yeah. Sunday's dread. Soon as... So... Sunday when you're a kid, you know what I mean. Potentially, I don't know, Jim. I think we had different childhoods, mate. Like the <laughs> you would potentially on a Sunday wake up, play for your Sunday league team, or just basically get up, watch play Super Mario, watch telly, not care in the world, right? And then maybe go to the Metro Centre, get yourself a CD. Right. Yeah, that's Saturday, but I'm trying to paint a picture. For yeah, you. yeah, I got you. I'm trying to paint a picture here. And then you'd eat your Sunday dinner. Oh, my mum's roast hitties. Absolutely sensational they were. I used to, like, char them. Oh. Mm. I could understand, like, a lovely crust, which has got these black bits on them. It was so goddamn nice. Like a caramelization on a roast potato. Yes, please, mum. Hang on. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> and you go, ooh, apple crumble. Great. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, cold custard. I know you used to have custard. I'm hardcore. I'll take them both. <laughs> My mom makes such a great apple crumble. I did back in the day, right? Didn't need it. That at times I would say, "Can I just have a big one for me Sunday dinner instead, <laughs> just it. for me?" And uh, that's great. And then you know, just uh, <laughs> don't go with this. Then you watch Super Sunday, great. Then Simpsons from six till six thirty. Then I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> Can't, uh, no, can't the reaper no, anymore. I've yeah. got to go to school on Monday morning, and uh, no, it's the worst thing in the world. And then we've got to uh, dreads the worst. Yeah, dreads the worst. And at the minute, with this threat of a on-screen authority figure, I get dread about this product. I don't want dread about this product. This product was once so fantastic that if a match graphic dropped with the story behind it on my Thursday morning or Wednesday night. I used to not be able to wait. I used to, like, spend the week tweeting like a nerd about the spots I want to see mm-hmm. and the storyline implications and the details. I don't want dread when I'm watching this. Do you think last week was such a disaster we're going to get some proper old-fashioned AW The Listening Company in response so. Response this week? It kind of... It doesn't... Like, Tony Khan's very online. AW has kind of prided itself at various points. Out. Like, if not following feedback to the letter, listening and pivoting if necessary, it was... Like, rounded on last week. Everybody knew that was a nightmare. Pidge, uh, Soraya was kind enough to apologise for, which is the thing that I didn't think she needed to apologise for. Yeah, that for, was the thing. That which was for the, like, I didn't stum- care about the performance. Stumbling over lines, I do not care. Like, it's you might be nervous, and you'd have every right to be nervous, and I've never cut a promo, taken a bump in my life. Do what you like out there. You're a professional, and it will come. It will always come. I didn't care about that. It was like, but she can't go on Twitter and apologise for the terrible quality of the segment she was asked to perform, can she? Mm. Like, and I just, I wonder if, if they're mindful of all of that, just an overcorrection tonight. I'm not saying it'll work, but it feels like if anything they were going to address, it would be that. If they're going to do uh, on-screen authority figure, I think the reception of that has been a resounding, please don't. Mm. Like, please do not do that. And she can't go. Manager? Commentator? Yeah, I like to own commentary and correcting the lads for the whole, what was it? Uh, Lumberjack. Lumberjack. Yeah. yeah, manager. 
as distinct from a valet, yep. an actual manager who can talk up our opponents and the strategies they need to employ in the match and not just be a Jezebel <laughs> who distracts those right honourable men. <laughs> um, in the words of JR, paraphrasing, obviously. Yes. I don't think he's ever said that. He says Jezebel all the goddamn time, but the rest, <laughs> of, it, the rest, the rest of it was paraphrasing. Just don't, just, <laughs> just don't make her an authority figure. No one wants to see it. Uh, no one wants to see it. And the worst thing is, and I pointed this out loads of times, they always got asked, do you not need an authority figure for your show? And they've all said no. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling survived for years and years and years. This is a brilliant episodic medium. Without it, they can survive after the fact. Oh, I just thought of Songs of Praise opening with Sunrise. You know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> oh, songs of Praise. Oh, oh, imagine that edit. Please, someone, if anyone's listening, they can put these <laughs> niche references together. Antiques are true. You know what that means? How much is play cast? Uh, uh, like the fuel, bring you back. I know there are other countries, several of which that aren't the UK or the US. Um, there's a lot of crossover pop culturally. Mm. What are the American programs that aired on a Sunday night that gave you that? Oh my god, I gotta, go to, I gotta go to school. Could be a game, couldn't it? Sunday night, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, that's always asking our American listeners what so would we've give got you the school dress. The heart, what was the heartbeat theme? Heart. How did it go? Heartbeat, and it's oh, crisis eight o'clock. Oh no, watching dynamite. Was that? What was it? You've been framed as Sunday night. That was a Saturday night special. Oh, you've been framed was a Sunday night. Yeah, he's been in the Beatle years. The Beatle years. That's right. The Beatle era. The OG era. What was? On a Sunday night. Do that again. Do it again. It's really maudlin up, you know, on Sunday night. You know, you know <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I thought it was Emmerdale's theme for a split second. Uh, yeah, it is. I don't, that's on a Sunday night. <laughs> that was several times a week. Yeah. That's still grim, though. That's still like, oh, God, yeah. this. The Antiques Roadshow. I mean, the problem is the Antiques Roadshow theme is good, but it was still What's Sunday the Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> that sounds more like... Like a fight scene music? Like the view. That's like Yeah, what programs grimmed you out before school? I'd like to know this. Because America's all like glamorous and. Do you have a guess? You know I'm going to guess? Because the only American show for reason I can think of when talking about other wrestling shows Gunsmoke. Remember, they were like, oh yeah. Monday Night Raw is going to be Gunsmoke for episodic programming. So stands the reason it was on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. It's America, it could just be the news. <laughs> oh, I bet you like, kids say the funniest news. Is that? That'll be it, man. It'll be old comedies in syndication. Yeah. You know, like things from the 60s, that like the sitcoms that have run around. It'll now be Friends and Seinfeld and How I Met Your Mother, but it'd been the 60s, 70s versions of that, but in the 90s and 2000s. Leave it to Beaver! Yeah, all these like... <laughs> All my children. I think it's a soap, isn't it? But like those things like Jim Ross would just name TV shows. Jerry Lawler would from the 50s or something. <laughs> But don't mention any any wrestlers from back then, because God yeah. forbid, yeah, I haven't got a bloody clue about that. Right, um, well, that was was a fun game. To, oh, I should ask you, who do you think wins? Uh, Obviously, interim AW Women's Champion in there. She hasn't seemingly got an opponent yet. I don't pin her. I, don't, I was going to say, I guess she's going to pin then. Don't even pin one of her opponents, for God's sake. Mm. So baby faces then. Penelope Ford should take the pin. Jamie Hayter should win. The end. Jamie, Jamie Hayter should, should win, the win match. and Baker should be like, ah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> My friend's good. You know what that means. 
I'm not singing the jingle until it gets better. Okay, well, well I'll play the I'll play the theme. It's time to play the game. And that is, of course, Ladies' Night. Yeah, just uh, I don't want to sing the jingle because I don't feel like doing willing a good division into existence by satirizing yes. how much of an afterthought it is is enough when, since debuting the jingle, it's turned into WWE of 2015. <laughs> yeah, and I also like the fact that, like, Tony, we've got an extra 15 minutes of Dynamite tonight. Do you want to add another women's match? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know the worst thing about it being WWE of 2015? You know what I mean? It's Paul J. Lethal. <laughs> it's like, they decided to do WWE of 2015 because NXT of 14 and 15 had an unbelievable women's division. So the idea was like, well, we'll just transfer. Now, you have that. And it was just, it was really artless and thoughtless. But the idea of it was, well, look what they've done. We'll just do there. You know, we haven't got that to begin with. <laughs> trying to do that off, off scratch. Yep. Now, you're in a bit of a role. Got, I think they've got great talent. We know yeah. this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, Hamlet, you're on a, on a roll. Two in a row hmm. for you. Uh, three correct predictions overall. Cedric's got four. I've got six. Uh, what time are you going for this week, and has it been affected by the 15-minute overrun? It has, because I'm going to run a little bit later, but no surprises and not special here, so I'll just go with 120 dead. Okay. 120, I think, like, later would be almost too cruel when it's a two-hour, 15-minute show, but I just still cannot see them deciding to chuck a six-one match in the first hour. One hour and what? One hour 20 dead. Ian. See, I always jump in here, so I'm going to let you go. I'll let you go. I'll let you go second this week. <laughs> yeah, this is a double bluff because he likes he likes being prices right, Wilborn. Yeah. I'll go one hour <laughs> one, twenty and one second. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh, two seconds. I need to. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> need to get the head. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I need yeah. to see it. I don't know why I've moved backwards here. <laughs> I need to go Apollo Cruz and I need to <laughs> see well, it. More careful. <laughs> on the app. Or? No. Okay. And I, need, and I need to see it. Uh, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, listen to the NXT two point. Uh, review. Yeah. A lot's gone on in Apollo Crews' life lately. <laughs> so I, just, I just see the show. Powers might have gone with the wind. Unfold. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I need to see the show unfolding before my very eyes before I can arrive at the answer and just play around with the format and then conduct. Let's conduct. Boom, let's go awake now. In a flash of light. Pyro, pyro, pyro. Spencer, now. You know what that means. And here comes now 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 now. That's MGF. <laughs> that's MGF's theme in JR's voice. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no 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 no. Oh, busted, yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. Really, you know, you know what I mean. Everything, everything from now on, their name. You know what that means? Like a bad TV impressionist. Oh my god, is that proud party? You know what I mean? Wheelie you, do you know what that means? Is that the wheelie you? And then it probably will be Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is that much. And then, not going to get the top of the hour. Don't be silly. Who's like the male draw in the top of the hour? War Dog. War Dog. And then I still think they'll go penultimate. They like to do the penultimate stuff. One hour and 36. Six fifty nine. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a horrible feeling they are gonna just put them penultimate match, but the penultimate match will go on at like when I was thirty seven. 
Yeah, yeah no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll 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 flip the script on this, and I'll I'll hope for a uh, a better resolution. So I'm gonna go. Mm, you don't need it? to see it in your head first. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't quite pull it off the way you can. So I'll go. Nobody pulls it off quite like Jim Ross. <laughs> Forty. The intro to the show. I mean. Forty. <laughs> Holy, what's that? <laughs> Forty. Where that guy oh, is on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-three minutes, forty-four seconds. First hour. Put him on a first hour, Tony. That's what you said. For zero. I'm, yeah, I'm willing this into existence. Or oh, I've just sent that to Google. Good, good work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, shout out as always to uh, the brilliant uh, Adam Blair at Adam Wilton Four on Twitter, who always keeps us <sighs> up to date with this. Could it be three in a row for Michael Hamflet? Tune in tomorrow to find out. Uh, finally, of course, Sige. Tonight, or today, I should say, is National Scissoring Day. Uh, yeah. We just did the three races. That's where not glory uh, interrupt. Yeah, I was going to say, what will they do for National Scissoring Day? You've got the acclaimed, you've got uh, Monsieur Bottom, uh, as he was dubbed by Keith Lee <laughs> on uh, <laughs> last week's... Was it Keith Lee say that, or did I make that you up as Keith it, Lee? I can't remember. He gave you an inch and you took about 20 miles. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Yes. See that you know Monsieur Bottom well. Right. Good one. Okay. I've got a game. In, in <laughs> Not for now, unfortunately. Okay. There was an unpressed Serena button there. Door closed. Okay. Right. Yeah. If it was opening, I got, I got excited for happen. a second there. No, I think we have gone for an hour. I think I we don't. Think, yeah, I think, I think we no, I think you went home. Yeah. Um, so the game for Monday, right, is. Diddle it, diddle it, diddle it, it. How much of a cocker strip age gonna be? <laughs> they've or oh, did it, did it, diddle it, it. What's the contingency plan? Oh yeah, because they've got a contingency plan for when they inevitably get daddy ass chance at Raw, and it can't. He's basically got a pre-prepared zinger for what he's gonna say to try and shut down the crowd because they're not gonna say, yeah, yeah, it's really good. He's doing some really awesome work over there, guys. Our old friend is doing well, and we're proud of him. Yeah. I thought we were doing the fans at first. I was thinking, that's a really long chant. Yeah, yeah, DX is doing really good. (laughs) Sing it with me. Yeah, DX is doing really good. So he's not going to be talking about, like, so they're going to (laughs) say... I don't know. He's going to say... You'll you'll find out on Monday, anyway. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, I I get the feeling this is going to be... Because, obviously, understandably, I should point out, by the way, that Swerve was not on last week's Dynamite. Yeah. Um, But it feels like ominous... You want to do the the trilogy for the the pape? Nah, do oh. it on telly. Oh, okay. But also, you want a kind of more of a definitive goodies and baddies, maybe for that one. It feels like that's maybe the direction that at least half of Swerving Our Glory is heading towards. Yeah, so it's weird. So people do what I understand. People do want the national season day, and it's a, been a fun part of their character, but not the entire reason they got over. And I wish that difference had been made a little clearer last week. If you have Keith Lee and Swerve just smash the place up when everybody's having a good time, it's then really hard if and when you sp- split Swerve and our glory up to be Keith Lee like, I'm good again now. Because that's a really cruel thing to do. Like, he wants a rematch and he believes that he's justified to have one and they'll probably get one. But, I don't know. Like, maybe Swerve has to do something and Keith Lee's not involved. I don't know what beats up Billy Gunn. Break I'm, Daddy Ass's fingers. I'm not 
massively in, yeah there's a good that's brilliant and then that's, cast that's, like that's that. good and that's that's so good because it's then something for the match too you know like they, it's a physical impairment like so it's gonna they're not gonna be able to sort of be 100% for the tag without patronising it as the Wilborn when he has a rare Ernest I'm not you're not just a blithering idiot it's alright this but I'm not as high on it as other people, I don't think. Like, I'm, my expectations are quite low. So if I'm, by the end, if I'm absolutely pissing myself, like, Max Caster just said Lizzo again, like, I'll call this a win. Because I kind of, it's, it's just all right, this. I think f- a month ago, maybe even before they'd won the belts, something like this would go down a storm. But they've kind of got a bit more serious. I care more about them than I do just about the scissoring gag. Yeah, you're champions now. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, interruption. I would do the match on TV. I would absolutely have taken this all the way to the pave had the second match have been a lot better than That's it was. Yeah. It feels like it's, if not done, then it's peaked. Still a little bit left. Why the hell not? I have said, you know what, it'll feel like with them being potentially sentimental champions that there'll be drama because the switch might be more believable, yada, yada, yada. But I wouldn't do this on telly. I will just do a quite quick, nice and easy setup. Basically, the most f- when it's at its most fun... Basically, it's National Scissoring Day, so I want what you want. What I want for you all to do is to stick out your hands, put them in a scissor. If you're not here with someone, make a friend or whoever you're with. Everyone to the left, do the scissor, and then the second they go, scissor me, daddy, and then you hear like the music. So everyone's like, "Ah, oh, I really wanted to scissor the person mm. sat next to me." Yeah, just really piss on that bonfire, basically. Like triple H, like Master of Terrible Platter. <laughs> Scissoring, like what chicks do, huh, Sean? <laughs> and then that's like, that's just been come back to us. So that's just that. You got remember, it. Remember DX? We're, we're good at sex. I, I, I am. I'm great at getting head. <laughs> I, uh, that's a line from our hot tub time machine. <laughs> I'm great at getting head. I, uh, I think I've just worked out what Trevor H is going to do, but we'll have to save that for, of course, the Raw preview on Monday. I know what he's going to say in the yard, so... Okay, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite's anniversary special uh, tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We will, of course, be back reviewing this show tomorrow. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.